0: Hello, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. I'm Ryan Beach, and on today's episode, we are going to spice things up a little bit. Back in January, my close friend Brandon Yocum visited my family and me along with his fiancé, Christy. Brandon and I have been best friends since childhood, and we've seen each other through thick and thin. If his name sounds familiar, you might recognize it from the end of each episode when I thank him for the work he does mastering the audio for this podcast. When he was here, we thought it would be fun to sit down and to record an episode together to talk about the mastering process and why it's important and kind of what he does. Uh, We had a lovely conversation, but in the end, Brandon didn't feel like it was as good as he wanted it to be. So we scrapped that interview and we decided we'd try again sometime in the future. Well... The coronavirus has done a number on the content I had planned for the podcast, and I'm finding myself needing to be creative with how I'm going to continue producing episodes. I remembered Brandon and I were going to do a second interview, so I reached out and asked him what he thought about doing it. He was open to the idea, but he thought instead of an interview, that we would settle on the idea that he would make an episode all on his own. That way, he could take the time to really think about the best way to present the content. I think what he settled on was brilliant. The content for this episode was recorded while Brandon was mastering last week's episode with Patrick Oliverio. He essentially recorded himself going through the process of mastering the episode so those of us listening would actually get to hear what that process is like. As you might expect, a great deal of this episode is pretty technical, but Brandon does give before and after examples of what the mastering process does to the audio. I really think this is a cool idea, and I hope this episode is informative and enjoyable for you. Without further ado, here's Brandon Yoakum discussing the mastering process.
0: Hi, this is Brandon Yoakum from Epiphany Recording Studio, and today I'm going to show you how to master a podcast. Now, the episode that I'm working with is from the show That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. The episode is Patrick Oliverio, which I think by the time this comes out will have aired last week. So, since this is a podcast and you can't see what I'm doing, let me try and describe to you what I'm seeing here. I use a program called Isotope RX7 to begin the mastering process, and what I see when I open up a file in this program is uh, the left and right channels of the stereo file that I've been sent. And I see, first thing, the waveform. And if you've ever done any audio editing, or you know, if you've ever seen a sound wave visualized the waveform view in RX seven is just like that, right? You see the the jagged line of the audio moving across the screen. Um, I see the both channels of it. So there's two of them. And the other view that I can look at is something called the spectrogram. And so what that looks like is you still have the same two windows one on top of the other for left and right channels but instead of being a waveform and having the jagged lines what I see is more like a heat spectrum. Uh, I see from bottom to top low frequency to high frequency and where the audio is louder in those frequencies uh, the spectrogram shows a brighter color and it's all kind of within this orange, orange to black spectrum. So the first thing I do when I open up one of these files is I look for hotspots in the spectrogram Uh, and from there I need to make a determination if I see a hotspot if that is uh, something that is intentional in the file and if it's not intentional then I need to figure out a way to smooth it out. So in this file that I got from Ryan for That's Not Spit, uh, everything looks pretty even and I would expect normally to see more heat down in the low frequencies below about 500 hertz uh, and a lot less moving up into the high frequencies as you get above uh, 15 kilohertz or so. Uh, So everything to me on the spectrogram looks good. And what I'm looking for next is any differences as I move from left to right. So as the episode goes on, what do I see? In the beginning, I noticed that there's theme music, and I also see some of that at the end, and I also know that because this is not the first episode of That's Not Spit I've Done. Uh, I do also see some differences in spectrogram in the middle, and... To figure out what those are, I need to actually go in and listen to it. So let's see what some of these transitions sound like. I have a better understanding of what's going on and how to record, what would get a good result, what won't get a good result. Um, and just some standard equipment that I really rec- I like and recommend. Okay, so here we have a transition from dialogue to music. And there's quite a long uh, crossfade between the two. Where, where they're kind of both happening at once um so that's going to be an important spot to note and i see two other spots in this episode where i think i'm going to hear trumpet music also so let's see what those actually are okay, just go and get it active if you don't really have that much experience okay so that's also going to be trumpet music and the last one let's see what that is of maybe happening okay more trumpet music great So I know there are three spots in this episode where I need to treat things a little bit differently. Um, So now that I've got kind of an overview of what I'm going to be treating, there's some sections of dialogue, there's some sections of just music, um, I can begin to process some of this audio. What I usually like to do on an episode of That's Not Spit immediately is uh, remove some noise floor from the dialogue. Now, if you listen very carefully to just the dialogue, you're going to hear a very low-level hiss. And this is something that if I don't remove it right away is going to become louder and louder and more prominent as uh, the mastering process wears on. So let's take a listen.
1: Recording and how to make this work for you so we can use this
0: time to maybe even improve what we're doing uh, to benefit So what I'm hearing here is some noise floor kind of down in the lower frequencies with not so much up in the higher ones. And it has this, this shape that's kind of like right around in there. And what... I think would be good for that is uh, this voice denoise module within RX-7 and what this does is it, it listens to the dialogue and determines basically what is and is not talking and then removes what is not talking. So I will select an area of dialogue um, from right up at the beginning where the theme song ends to right up to the first appearance of trumpet music And I'm going to run a preview on the voice denoise algorithm, and we'll see what that sounds like. That
1: spit, it's
0: condensation.
1: I'm Ryan Beach, and on today's episode, we have my very first... So this is with
0: first the algorithm running, and I'm going to bypass zoom, it, and we'll see if we can hear the difference. Uh, ...in-person
1: interview. I've okay, done so a few of these the over the bypassed. phone for winning the job, but I've tried really hard to bring and you uh, the best-sounding content that I can, but the
0: coronavirus is too powerful. So this might be a little bit hard to hear uh, as a listener of this podcast, but what I'm hearing here in the studio is that as I run that denoise algorithm, all of that kind of <sighs> that I'm hearing is is going away. So I would like to just render that and remove all that noise. And I'm going to do that for every other occurrence of dialogue in this episode. Now I've got uh, what I think is an acceptable level of noise out of that, uh, out of that dialogue of this episode. Okay. So the next thing that I like to use RX-7 for is, um, to remove pops and clicks, uh, from this is from dialogue music from anything. Um, these, these clicks are digital audio artifacts and, and come as a result of digitizing your audio, which is, you know, begins as an analog, waveform. So that conversion process from analog to digital uh, is usually what creates the kind of clicks that I'm trying to remove here. So what I'll do is I will uh, activate this uh, D-click module preview and then output only the clicks. So this is the information that's being removed from the file. Really, that's just a bunch of junk. I don't want any of that in the music. I don't want any of that in the dialogue. I don't want that anywhere. Okay, so now our file is declicked. I'm going to save it. Okay, so the next part of the mastering process involves uh, using a program called Pro Tools. And unfortunately, Pro Tools will not allow me to stream to the program that I'm using to capture this session, which is OBS Studio. Uh, I think there's probably some uh, digital rights management thinking behind that. So what I will do is run you through the processing chain that I use in Pro Tools and why I use what I use, and then I will play you the finished product and you will be able to hear the difference between what comes out of RX 7 and what comes out of Pro Tools. So the first thing I like to use in Pro Tools is just a simple 7-band equalizer, and the purpose of this equalizer is to shape the tone of the episode. And I've chosen the shape of this curve to be flattering to not only the intro and outro music, but also to the voice of the host. Uh, Ryan. Uh, He appears in every episode, so I'm going to want to use mostly the same curve on every episode. But he also has guests in his episodes. Uh, And I, between from episode to episode, I will usually need to tweak this curve a little bit so that it will remain flattering to Ryan's voice, but also accommodate uh, the voice of his guest and be flattering to them as well. Uh, So the next bit of processing is something called a de-esser. And a de-esser. Really does exactly what it sounds like it does. Uh, it takes the s's and the sibilants out of recordings, and most of those are in the high frequency range. And it just does a bit of uh, a bit of control in that range. Pretty simple. Uh, next, I like to use another seven-band EQ, and uh, this EQ isn't so much about tone shaping as it is for. Uh, getting rid of frequencies that I don't think anybody is going to hear, right? This is a podcast. You're listening on, uh, Apple music, uh, Apple podcasts, whatever, Spotify, Google, um, and you're listening in earbuds or you're listening in your car you know there's you you're not really going to want to hear frequencies in the low lows or the high highs that's not going to mean much to you it's just going to muddy up the the playing field so i take those out with this eq uh, next i use a, what is it's a recreation of a universal audio 1176 compressor uh, and I like this recreation of it. It's a T-Rex Black 76 because it has... Uh, it It, it kind of kills two birds with one stone for me. It, it helps uh, to bring up the overall level and increase the loudness of the audio. And it also does a really nice job of taming uh, some of the, the peaks of the audio. Uh, lastly, I use a... Uh, a multi-band compressor and I what what this means is that it compresses different frequency bands in a different way right the the black 76 compressor compresses everything you run all the audio frequencies through it it treats them all the same but a multi-band compressor you can set ranges on your frequencies and uh, compress them a little bit differently and I like to use this compressor to bring out the the vocal frequencies a little bit more to, to give them a little bit more punch uh, and make them a little bit more prominent in the episode. Uh, and I know I said lastly for that multiband compressor, but actually lastly uh, is uh, what's called a limiter. And I put this at the end of the chain because after I've done all my processing, I want to ensure that there are no kind of flyaway peaks or rogue peaks that can make it past the digital ceiling of zero dB. So I limit them to about uh, minus 0.1 dB. And that keeps uh, the audio from doing something called clipping. And clipping is where your audio breaks through the digital ceiling which is the loudest point that it can be in a digital environment uh, and it creates this kind of distorted sound that's really unpleasant to listen to so I don't want any of that happening After I've exported the file from Pro Tools, I like to bring it back into Rx7, and I do that because Rx7 gives me a a thorough look at what are called waveform statistics, things like uh, peak level, RMS level, clipped samples, if there are any, and loudness stats. And what I'm really looking for is that the true peak and sample peak levels have a negative value, so keeping it below that 0 dB digital ceiling. And I'm also looking at the integrated or overall loudness. And this is something that's measured on a scale called LUFS, L-U-F-S. And I'm looking to make sure that since this is a stereo file, I want to have that value around minus 16 LUFS for uh, streaming platforms. And with this episode, I hit uh, minus 16.3 LUFS, so that's close enough. I don't need to adjust anything. And I see that uh, my true peak level and my sample peak level are both around minus 1 dB. So I won't actually need to make any adjustments to this file in RX. Uh, I might, you know, make a small gain adjustment here to to bring the overall loudness down, or um, if I notice any uh, that any noise made it through my previous processing, that I might do a little bit more noise reduction here. But this file came out pretty good, uh, so let's let's hear some of it. right away you can hear that it's uh, significantly louder than before Uh, previously the audio had been at this level. Uh, And you'll also notice I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to where the theme music ends and Ryan's voice comes in. You'll notice that the level difference between the intro music and the dialogue is also significantly less and it's a lot smoother. Hello,
1: everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit. It's condensation.
0: So the voice is very forward, uh, uh, very present. Uh, There's really you can't there's nothing there to distract you from the content of the episode, which is really the goal in podcast mastering. Uh, And we can also take a listen to some of those trumpet parts and we can see that uh, the dynamic range of these sections has been maintained, but not to such a degree that they will sound quieter than the rest of the episode. Uh, Okay, so that's how I master a podcast episode. Uh, if you would like to contact me about uh, mastering services or recording services or really any audio services you might require, uh, you can uh, find me at my website, epiphanyrecordingstudio.com. Uh, you can take a look at my Instagram, at that life, uh, Or you can also find me on Facebook, Brandon Yoakum. So I'll turn it back over to Ryan now. Thanks for listening. I remember exactly where I was
1: when I asked Brandon to master my podcast. (laughs) I was already having some success editing and mixing the episodes, and uh, I remember trying to figure out how to get the music to transition in and out seamlessly and how to get the levels to be the same. And even after all of that effort, I just noticed the audio was so much quieter than what you hear on the radio or with other podcasts. I called Brandon to ask him about how we would address that. And he explained that the mastering process is what takes that raw audio and makes it ready to be broadcasted. He offered to master a uh, short amount of my podcast for free. And once I heard the difference, I knew it, and it was very clear that I needed this for my podcast. I know I'm sure there are a great number of podcasts that don't master their audio, but for me, it was essential. I don't want anything to detract from the content that you hear on your end. I learned how to record, edit, and mix the audio all on my own. So naturally, I asked Brandon if I could possibly learn to master the audio by myself as well. He said it's definitely possible, but for him, he's been learning slowly over the past 15 years to have the knowledge he has. So if you're out there listening and you have something that you need to be mastered and you don't want to pay for a mastering engineer, it is possible for you to learn, but that's what you're up against. Now, another unseen benefit to having a mastering engineer that has actually become more important or more valuable to me than the audio quality is simply having a second pair of ears to listen to what I will put out. You would not believe the amount of times I've sent Brandon episodes that I think are totally ready to be released that end up having glaring errors that he finds in the mastering process. If you're someone who has an idea to start a podcast or you want to record a CD or to make other types of audio based content, I personally would absolutely consider a mastering engineer as a necessary expense. If you're interested in talking with Brandon about how he can help you, head over to his website at epiphanyrecordingstudio.com. If you learned something or enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a rating and a review on iTunes and be sure to share on social media. This time around, I'd like to thank Brandon for making the content for this episode and for his work on mastering himself, talking about mastering while mastering another episode. (laughs) And most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening. Stay strong, be kind to yourself, never stop growing, and we'll see you next time.